Hello, this is Africa Science Focus, your favourite science show. I'm the producer, Harrison Lewis. Today, we'll be talking about African women making strides in the tech world. But first, I've got a quick favour to ask of you. If you enjoy listening to the show, please do just take two minutes to give us a quick review on your favourite podcast app. It really helps to spread the word of what we're up to and also make sure that we get up-to-date scientific reporting in Africa in the hands of those who really need it. Thank you very much. We've been taking time to reflect on some of our pioneering scientific contributors that have joined us this season. Over the past 12 months, we've heard how the field of computational science is growing at an exceptional rate. However, rudimentary research reveals that only 20% of the continent's coders are actually female. This season, we brought you face-to-face with the women taking affirmative action to make the industry more inclusive. But it's no easy feat, as we've heard from Dr. Unoma Okorafor. This is one of my favorite quotes, and I have it even on my wall. Well-behaved women rarely make history. Ladies, if we are going to break the glass ceiling, if we are going to go walk the path that is is, uh, less traveled, we have to break some of the rules. You have to break the boundaries that have been put around us, the box that we have been put inside. You have to understand that sometimes it's okay to say, no, I want to speak up or to say, hey, I have something to say. Dr. Okorafor is a Nigerian computer scientist who almost 15 years ago began the Working to Advance African Women Foundation, also known as WAAW or WOW. Their goal is to support and promote the education of girls and women alike in STEM. That's science, technology, engineering and maths. It's disheartening to hear, but as Dr. Okorafor explains to our reporter Charles Pensulo, in many parts of sub-Saharan Africa, there remains outdated and misogynistic social pressures that make subjects like computer science really inaccessible for plenty of women. I went to an all-girls school, and I think that that was very critical because in an all-girls school, I did not know that I was female. All I knew was that I loved math, I loved the sciences, I wanted to be an engineer. There was nobody telling me that you couldn't do that. We were all girls. It was when I got into the university that I realized for the first time that I was female. I used to sit at the front of the class at the very beginning answering questions until somebody actually told me, you know, it looks like you're a smart aleck. The boys in the class don't like that you're always answering questions, um, trying to show off. Um, and actually threatened me with uh, sexual violence. And it was at that point, after my very first semester, that I decided that I would no longer sit at the front. I changed my whole strategy. I started to sit at the back, never would talk in class anymore, and actually made a promise to myself that I would not graduate with a first class. And I think that incident was the very first incident that struck at the heart of what the work I'm doing now, which is some of the subtle messages we women in science receive. And I knew that there were girls back in Africa that were just as smart or even smarter than I that needed an opportunity to just lay hands on these tools to be able to solve their own problems. Frankly, I got tired of seeing images of African children begging I thought we are not, this is not who we are. We are proud, 
people who have a lot to contribute. You know, I always say that intelligence is universal. Opportunity is not. Working to advance African women has now connected almost 35,000 girls at secondary school with a young woman studying STEM at college. One of the most successful programmes that Dr. Okorafor offers is She Hacks. Um, In 2017, the She Hacks Africa programme was launched. There are many jobs that really are high paying that need STEM skills, whether it's in software development or whether it's in AI, machine learning, whether it's in renewable energy. But when our students were coming out of school, they had not they, they were not well equipped. And so as we were building this pipeline, because our mission in WOW Foundation is to build a pipeline of African women who are educated in STEM and use STEM to innovate, to solve problems. So as we continue to build this pipeline, we realized that there was a gap in that pipeline. And the She Hacks Africa program was born to fill that gap. And that is that as our students are graduating from colleges, from universities, they needed to get into a program, a boot camp, that will hold, work with them for three to four months and really hone in on job-ready skills in particular in software development, whether it's in the front end or the back end, really the full stack where the market has a need and they're looking for developers and where they can work in global markets from wherever they are. Right now we are in our 34th cohort and each cohort of the program takes on about 40 to 50 uh, young people. It's not just open to girls. Our goal is to get to 60% of girls We have not got there, but it's open to both men and women. And they stay with us for three to four months where we provide both the training and we also provide training in soft skills, how to communicate, how to write a resume, uh, how to interview and make sure that they are job ready and ready to plug into the the job market. In addition to that, we have partnerships with um, with software companies across the globe, in the US, in the UK, who are looking for our developers. So at the end of four months, after a one month internship, we are able to find them a job and plug them in. Typically, what we see is that our participants go from have a 10x increase in salary. So someone, for example, who was earning 50,000 Naira a month, at the end of the training, they are starting to earn 500,000 Naira a month. And that is economic empowerment for us. In In the long run, it boils down to jobs. It boils down to making sure that people are able to feed themselves and feed their families and turn around and, and ensure that Africa is rising. And while I've hosted over 3,000 girls at their STEM camps and hackathons so far, Dr. Okorafor obviously has plans in the pipeline to reach even more in the near future. But for now, from She Hacks to another non-profit promoting computational science among young Africans, is Girl Hype. Girl Hype was founded by policy advocate and rights activist Baratang Mia in 2003 with the intention of empowering young disadvantaged women and girls to code. Here to tell us exactly what that entails, Baratang herself, speaking with our reporter, Halima Athimani. Coding is a, is a language, but this language is not a language spoken by human beings. It's a language spoken by a computer. Now, 
with computers if you want to go to a computer and create platforms let's say you want to build a website you want to create an app and you want to solve something using technology what you will do first is to learn a language that a computer will understand so there's a there's a communication happening between me a computer and the end product what other people see on the other side is what i've built with my code the computer interpreted and make it easy for people like who are reading the computer to read what I've written so that the computer can transfer it. I'm in South Africa. At the moment, you and I are using, what are we using now? We're using Zoom, not to promote Zoom, but we're using Zoom to talk. Now, whoever coded Zoom, what you and I are seeing is not a code. They wrote a language that only a computer can understand. And that language comes either in Python, JavaScript, depending on what you are coding for, you'll speak that language with a computer. Coding is not an easy language to learn, just like English is not an easy language to learn if it's not your first language. But learning how to bootstrap, how to make sure that it comes right, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever experienced. It's like beautiful. Is it like me coming from Uganda and trying to learn your mother tongue? <laughs> Something like that, maybe? Yes, it's exactly like that. It's like you coming from Uganda, trying to learn my mother tongue and trying to communicate with me. So what we're doing with coding is you learning how to talk to computers in the language they understand so that you can build things, products. You can build a, a, apps. You can build your own Facebook that somebody out there can be able to communicate through. And now you're reaching. Now what happens, the difference is the magnitude and the scalability of technologies that... Once you've learned how to speak to me, you can speak to everyone in the world who speaks my language. Computers are like that, but in a different scale. You don't speak to one person. Thousands of people can all of a sudden access one platform that you've built. What can coding offer girls and women that other fields can't offer? Every day of your life, you're dealing with problems. You're, what we give them when they code is problems to solve. And it builds their tenacity and their resilience because you are looking at this coding and you're bootstrapping. It's not working and you know that you coded it right and damn, it's not working. A moment it works. It gives this pleasure that nobody can explain. It's like exhilarating feeling. And at the same time, you learn how to deal with people because you cannot code on your own. 90% of the time you pass a code and you've got other teams, someone who's very good at UX helping you, someone who's very good with the back end helping you to come up with the final product. So I know that when the girls enter the space, they're used to looking at problems in a different way. But once they learned how to program and set content and pre sets those um, workflows and understand how content should be structured. You can't get that anywhere. Could you share maybe a story about one of your graduates, someone who joined the Gal High program and has gone on to a career in technology? I, I, I have extremely many, but um, one who stand out to me is a girl from Kailicha. She, she comes from Poverty, let me put it that way. Simplicity is poverty, poverty, poverty. The school that she goes to, they give them lunch. The school that she goes to make sure that she eats. 
um, it's, it's one of the amazing story because she was one of the most intelligent child in her class and even amongst the boys. She was with us for three years. She learned HTML, CSS, went on to Python, Java, and Java became her best language. She went straight from high school at age 18 to work for Microsoft as an intern. Within two years, she was living in one of the highly the high suburbs of South Africa, which is like centered now, moving from poverty to the richest, the top 2% richest people of South Africa, living in that area, seeing her changing her whole family's life was mind-blowing. Girl Hype offers a range of programs across South Africa. Schools, communities and even libraries can set up a code club for girls between the 6th and 12th grades. Baratang explains that African girls really can influence the future and way that tech, and in particular AI, is developed. You've, you've shown us how tech supports or grows these girls, but how do the girls give back to technology? I think what they give back to technology is they are the living. They, they live in these environments where the problems exist. And problems create opportunities. So somebody's looking out there and saying, These are, there's a lot of issues in Africa. I'm looking at it and feeling like, wow, so many opportunities in Africa and they need to be solved because we are moving. We are now going to a very digital world. We can't move away from saying the world is not going to be digital. It, COVID has fast-tracked that altogether. Now we are at the point where now everybody is solving problems. So for these girls, they're bringing a different mindset to the table. We can't have one voice, one mentality, one structure of thinking, which is very different, unique. At the moment, it's mainly men in Silicon Valley or first world countries deciding how AI is going to be. Imagine if an African girl was to decide what issues are going to be covered. African woman is going to be part of that technology. It's hard not to be charged up after an electrifying introduction to tech in Africa. If you want to listen to the full interviews we've conducted with Baratang and Anoma, or if you want to see if your school might be eligible to apply and host a coding club, head over to the African Science Focus webpage by visiting www.sidev.net. That's www.scidev.net. Alternatively, you can find everything we have from Season 1 and 2 on your favourite podcast app. And again, if you do find yourself with a couple of spare minutes, please leave a review. Today's show was produced by me, Harrison Lewis, with editing by Ben Dayton. Africa Science Focus is produced by SideFNet and distributed in association with your local radio station. We'll see you again next week.